Thank you, Jeremy. That was amazing. Thank you, Josh. My spiritual mom, I see you here too. <laughs> um, I just want to shout out the counseling team. I don't know where they are in this room. Oh, there you are. Can y'all stand up for a second? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I may be biased, but I think we have the best counseling team in Minnesota. They're not only so skilled, they get their hands and feet dirty, and that's my style of work, but they also love God and they love you. And I just want you guys to know you are so deeply loved. And I just think about how God brought me here. And it's really funny. I'm, I'm originally from New York. You're going to hear that today. <laughs> but God literally brought me here to Minnesota. Today is actually my one-year anniversary of being in Minnesota. So it's really funny. <laughs> yeah. So I prayed a lot about speaking today because I think it's an honor and a privilege to talk to you. And it's a big, it's a big deal because I want to see you guys walk in freedom. I want to see you walk and receive everything that God has for you. And I want to explain a little bit about myself. The majority of my clinical work was in New York City. So while I was in New York City, I believe in the power and the value of education. I studied at NYU. I picked that school and I picked that graduate program because they have a clinical emphasis and I thought that was important. And while I was doing work in New York City, I mean, you see everything, <laughs> everything. I worked in Manhattan, the Bronx, Brooklyn, everywhere, except for, and Queens, except for Staten Island, because who's taking a ferry? <laughs> but yes, so I worked everywhere and I saw everything. So there's nothing that you can tell me and our team that will shock me. I've been shocked very few times, probably twice that I could think of. <laughs> but anything you bring to me, I just want you to know it's, just, it's going to be safe. But I also saw what Jeremy was talking about, the power of God being invited into the healing process. That when you're sitting in a situation and someone's broken, and I actually experienced this, someone who's not even a Christian, and I remember looking at that person, I said, all the things you described, all the things that I heard prior to you sitting in my office, that's not who you are. You're called to greater, you're called to better things, and literally feeling the power of God enter the room and someone starts weeping because they could feel the love and presence of God and they have no context to that, I realized that's what I'm purposed and called to do. I'm called to bring my education and expertise with the power and the authority of Jesus to bring transformation because I believe in freedom. Sometimes the mental health world say this is the best you can do. I've seen God do even beyond what man says can be done. So that's what I want to see for you guys. Um, I title this message Fearless. So it's going to be a lot of teaching. Was it hermeneutics? A little bit of that. A little bit of that. Because <laughs> I'm going to combine my mental health expertise with the power of the gospel. And I want to talk about how we go about receiving help, what are the barriers, I have some tools and resources you guys can use, and at the end, we're going to open up the altars because as a counseling team, we want to stand with you this academic year, and guess what, whatever you tell us stays with us, doesn't matter what you disclose, we want to just create a safe space, y'all with me, y'all with me, you guys can talk back to me, okay, I'm all about a living room experience, if you snap, 
snap your hands. <laughs> if you yell, if you shout, or if you're quietly taking in, if you clap, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. So, yes, yes. So I just want to break down how I'm going to approach this. If we can go to the next slide. I want to take a holistic approach because therapy, I saw this quote, is a tool that enhances your faith. It's a tool that enhances your faith. So your faith is the, founda it's the foundation, but therapy comes in and, 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 and empowers your spirit man, who you are. That's the purpose of it. And I'm going to take a holistic approach because holistic therapist focuses on a person's physical, emotional, social, and spiritual well-being. All of that is part of who you are. So that's the approach I'm gonna to take to uh, speaking today. And we are taught a lot of things in the church that are not even biblical. <laughs> like one thing, God helps those who help themselves. Who've heard of that? Who's heard of that? Yeah. I don't believe in that. I know Joyce Meyer, she made this quote, God doesn't help those who help themselves. He helps those who can't help themselves. <laughs> it's in our weakness that he's strong, right? We are taught self-reliance. We praise resiliency and it's good, but our culture can interfere with our ability to ask for help when we need it. And you know what's funny? I had an idea how I was going to approach this. I talked to Josh about this, but I was praying for you guys for weeks. Praying. Man, I even ate salad. <laughs> I gave up my good food, and I love food, y'all. <laughs> but I love y'all even more. <laughs> I love y'all even more. And what I was, I was asking God, what do you have for today? And I'm not kidding. All I saw is people getting set free. People getting set free. And if you're here, you are here today for a reason. You could text your friend. If you have a friend who's struggling, say, come to chapel. You're about to be free today. Come to chapel. You're about to be free today. And that's what I truly, truly believe. So I just want to quote this, this song. How many of you know Chandler Moore? Yes. Right? You can sing, right? <laughs> he has a song called It's Okay. And I love it because it says, it's okay to not be okay. I won't try to hide. Love leaves room for me to say, I'm not okay. To every fear, every lie, I know love leaves room for me. And that's the tone I wanna to set for today. Love leaves room for you to be vulnerable, to say I need help, and to say I'm not okay. And sometimes we're so busy trying to encourage ourselves, we don't even leave room for people to say I'm broken. So I just wanna change and shift that perspective. So we're going to get into the word a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. So this is a passage that came to my mind I was as I was praying about today. So it's Mark 5, 25 through 34. I'm just going to read through that. But it said, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them, but she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. She had heard about Jesus, so she came up behind him through the crowd and touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I will be healed. Immediately, the bleeding stopped, and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Jesus realized at once that the healing, healing power had gone out from him, so he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? But he kept looking around to see who had done it. 
Then the frightened woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. So I let that passage marinate for a few weeks. I said, God, what are you talking to me? What are you saying to me? And I really do believe that the Holy Spirit moves and talks. So do me a favor. Can you pass me that water over there? Thank you. I, <laughs> I do believe he, 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 he speaks and he talks. Thank you so much. And one thing that he showed me is that some of you have been really going through it. Really going through it. You've been hurting. You've said, I've tried everything I can think of to be free, and I'm stuck. And when I read this passage, this woman was suffering for 12 years. She saw all the doctors. She did everything that she had to do. But the faith was just her saying, today I'm going to get healed. Something's going to shift. I've tried everything I could think of. I've done everything I could think of. But there's something's telling me that I'm going to be healed today. Something's going to shift today. And I believe strongly that's going to happen for whoever that person is in this room. It's going to happen today. Something's going to shift for you today. And that is what I truly, truly believe. So I just want to go into a few quotes, not quotes, but when you go through things, just know you will be processed. You will go through a journey. You will be stretched, but don't do it alone. And make sure that you ask for help. Ask for help. So I'm just going to share a stat with you just to show that you're not alone. But there was reports from the annual Health Mind Study, and it's based on web surveys taken by 96,000 U.S. students across 133 campuses in 2021 to 2022 academic year. And it found that 44% of students reported symptoms of depression, 37% reported anxiety disorders, and 15% reported having seriously considered suicide in the past year, the highest recorded rates in the history of the 15-year-old survey, and I believe that's going up. So there's definitely an issue with anxiety and depression, but the good thing is that there is freedom, and I'm going to talk to you about how to walk that out. But we do things, we, we try to cover things, and this is an issue we have in the church. Um, if you're gifted, you write off of your gift rather than dealing with your pain, rather than dealing with your trauma. I'm anointed, so I don't have to touch that. And yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> so we're going to touch on unresolved trauma, family issues, right? So I just want to go to uh, talk about that. It said, unresolved trauma shapes leadership styles. It can result in aggression, control, resistance to change, and difficulty forming connections. Leaders with trauma may also struggle with trust, delegation, openness, and effective communication. And like I said, I have an interesting history. I actually had to adjust to church culture because I was in New York City most of the time. <laughs> so I was like, what is it? You want to be married at 18? What? That was culture shock to me. <laughs> like, that was like literal culture shock to me. I was like, the first time in my grown adult life, I never met one 18-year-old, because New York is about being single. So when I swift shifted over to the church world, that was like literal culture shock for me. Um, 
But I experienced both worlds. And what I thought was really interesting is I was on staff too. I, 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 I forgot to mention this. I also have a ministerial degree. I'm an ordained minister. I was a missionary briefly. And yeah. Um, so when I talk about being educated on both sides, I try to do my work. I try to do my research. But I also um, was a worship director, right? Yeah, I had a lot of jobs. I'm a true, thanks. I, thank you, I appreciate it. I'm a true Jamaican, like I, I work. <laughs> I work. Um, but what I saw that there were broken, there were broken people in leadership. And they're like, I'm talking to you because it's the word from the Lord. I'm like, no, that's a word from rejection and brokenness. You have abandonment issues. When God says speak, you need to let someone go, <laughs> right? This is what I want to deal with because I felt what God put on my heart too is a lot, a lot of you have gifts, you have anointing, but the pain needs to be dealt with. The healing needs to be dealt with. Some, are, some people are saying, how come, God, I have this gift. How come I'm not being used? How come I'm being overlooked? That's his grace. It's not that you're not gifted. God knows you're gifted. He created you. <laughs> he knows you're anointed. He made you. But, you know, he wants to make sure that you come out like, like a Joseph instead of a Saul. Joseph was processed, right? He went through journeys because in the beginning, you guys remember Joseph, you know the story of Joseph? Look it up, it's in Genesis, pretty dope. <laughs> but when he was little, he was like, I got a dream. You're going to bow down to me. He was kind of, he's kind of feeling himself. <laughs> but by the time he got processed and he was brought before Pharaoh, he said, God can interpret this dream. And he's the only one who can do it. And he was ready to be second in command and save nations because he went through a process. Saul didn't allow God to process him. And if you look at Saul and you look at the issues concerning him, he always felt because he cared so much about what people thought of him. Saul, he remember when Samuel confronted him because he didn't wait on God's timing regarding the sacrifice? What did he say? Oh, I, I know I sinned, but can you bless me and make me look good? I know this, the, my soldiers are they're getting restless. I'm nervous. Let me, let, me, let me do the sacrifice now. He cared too much what people thought, and it ruined him even though he was called. So that's what I want to, deal, to address. And I'm going to go back a little bit. I forgot to mention this as well. When I was in the beginning stages of social work, right, I had my field placement in Costa Rica as well. So I forgot to mention this little fun fact. I used to do Span therapy in Spanish a little bit. Porque si no lo usas, lo pierdes, ¿sí? All right, all right, okay, no, no. Where's my Spanish speakers? All right, <laughs> I love Spanish. Yeah, so we can talk. We can talk in Spanish. You can run it by, by me. I love that. <laughs> so I just want to go to the next slide. It says something I realized. The enemy loves your secrets. He loves your secrets. Ephesians 4, 27 says, and give no opportunity to the devil. Because the way the kingdom works, the enemy is a legalist. He's a legalist. If you give room for him, he will stay there. But the beautiful thing is, because he's a legalist, if you call on Jesus with his authority, he has to go. But you have to tell him to go by dealing with your stuff. Right? It's not enough to just say, I'm going to pray it out. I'm going to pray it out. You know, it's, that can be religion too. That could be religious too. That you think you don't need community. That you don't need accountability because I'm going to pray it out. 
without doing the work and not without being vulnerable and saying, I need help. I'm struggling with pornography. I'm trying to figure out my, my sexual identity and my faith. I'm trying to navigate all that, but I'm going to keep it to myself. No, that's not gospel, and that's not what God wants for you. Isolation is from the enemy. So when you're in your room and the doors close and everything, I feel for you, but no, it's time to say I need help. I thought it was very interesting. Who has heard about what happened with Hillsong? Carl Lenz, everybody, save the unsaved. It was out there, right? What I found fascinating about him, and this is not to bash him, but he said something so profound. Carl Lenz says that after a family friend sexually abused him when he was young and discouraged him from telling anyone, he developed a pattern of secrecy that shaped his views of relationship and sex. He didn't deal with that abuse. And the enemy was patient with him. He waited till he got to his peak before he he attacked and exposed him. But you don't have to wait to that point. You can walk in freedom now when God is developing you, when he's speaking to you. Um, So we're going to get to the little bit to the clinical. So I say this with love. When you are asking for your help, be specific. Like, sometimes some people, you, you know, you want help and you're like, I need help. What do you need help with? I don't know. Take the time to really think about it. Make your request a smart request, which stands for being specific, meaningful, action-oriented, realistic, and time-bound. So if you know the smart criteria, just make sure you're specific in how you're asking for what you're looking for. Um, I love this because I'm just going to pull from Philippians 4, 6, 7. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. And I know everyone loves to quote that, especially if you grew up in a church. You have peace that goes beyond understanding. But God says to get to that peace, you got to tell me what you need. So even God expresses the importance of saying what you need. So where to start asking for help? Reach out to someone you're comfortable talking with other than your peer. <laughs> other than your peer. There's this, this pastor, he said this, said this to me, it actually resonated with me a lot. It's this higher than I rule. I'm living out what I'm telling you. When I need to talk to someone, I will call up a counselor. I will call up a therapist, and I am a therapist. <laughs> I just... Uh, Shout out my spiritual mom. I have accountability in my life. I need that too. The very thing I'm saying, I'm not above. Make sure you, you ha- it's good to have your peers for support, but there should be someone in your life who you see as an authority who's pouring into you and practice asking for help. Start with little things, for example, like just saying, I need a ride. That was hard for me when I was your age in college. I had no car, it was rough. It was rough. And I actually went to school upstate New York for undergrad and I was so stubborn to ask for help that I carried my groceries in freezing bitter cold in the snow. And to this day, my nerves are a little funny in my fingertips because I was too stubborn to ask for help. Don't be like me. (laughs) Be better than me. Ask for help. Um, Create a list in the areas where you need support. Like start thinking, start processing. These are healthy therapeutic things to do um, regarding asking for help. If you're struggling with trying to see where you're at, um, I have something called uh, the wellness wheel. 
And I actually left a copy for you guys to take with you. It basically helps you know what areas are deficient in my life? Is it spiritually? Is it emotionally? Is it concerning my friendships? Is it concerning my physical health? What am I neglecting? So you could start taking inventory of what you need and what, in what areas you need to reach out for help. Um, then I want to touch on how to identify a mentor, a leader, and a therapist. Um, they have a leadership style that you admire. Um, they've accomplished something that you are trying to achieve, and they have, in the, in the past, their insights have helped you through difficult situations. So start thinking about who can I talk to, who can I speak with, who meets those, um, who has those qualities. And this is just how to connect with a mentor and leader. So instead of saying, um, I need your help, you want to create a conversation rather than a transaction. So it's just more than just saying, you help me, I've got a problem or a challenge, I could really use your help. Let's talk through it and see what we can come with together. And we need to bring honor back. Say thank you. Express your gratitude when someone takes time out of their day to meet with you, just say thank you. Follow up with, your action, follow up with action. So if their advice didn't work, follow up, thanking them from their, for their insights, share with them what you learned from the experience of their advice not working out or the outcome of the situation so they know how it turned out. People who pour into you, they actually do care what happened. So when they take the time to talk to you and see what happened, it's, it's just important to say, okay, this is how it turned out. Okay. So, talked about vulnerability, right? So I'm going to share some things about in my life and how these things why I'm so passionate about it, it impacted me. It actually shifted my destiny. So I'm gonna unlock a few things. So one thing I want to identify is unhealthy thoughts and healthy thoughts. And the way that we talk to ourselves, so this is a little bit of cognitive behavioral therapy, right? You, you uh, look at the way that you're thinking and your emotions, because that impacts how you walk things out. So an unhealthy thought can be, I just need to pray it away, God's got me. A healthy thought is, I need prayers and community to overcome and face this. An unhealthy thought is, I'm a leader, I can't tell people that I'm struggling. A healthy thought is, I will grow as a leader once I acknowledge I need help. An unhealthy thought is, Asking for help makes me appear weak. A healthy thought is I will develop and grow once I address my pain. So I think it's important to identify unhealthy thoughts and irrational beliefs and talk and speak it out because one thing we do in therapy, if you have anxiety, when you speak out what you're actually thinking, it makes, it <coughs> makes you realize how unreasonable the thought is. So I want to talk about negative self-talk. How we talk to ourselves is so important. And you can recognize negative self-talk by its emotional character. <coughs> I'm not going to get any better than this. At this is negative self-talk. Positive thinking is, I'll give it another try. And you guys remember earlier I said that I'm passionate about this? 
and I'm going to share something and be very vulnerable. Can I be vulnerable with y'all? Am I losing y'all? Y'all here? All right, all right. I'm just making sure. I'm making sure. Okay. So my mom actually didn't grow up really in a church like that. She, was the, she became a Christian when she was about 15, 16 years old in Jamaica. And what was really interesting is she grew up in a single-parent household. Her father wasn't there. And what happened was her father was actually murdered. He was murdered as a police officer on the force. He arrested some really dangerous men and they retaliated. And she said to herself, this is what I grew up in, but I'm going to find a man I can break chains with. I'm going to make sure that my future family has a father. I'm going to make sure that he loves God. Teenager. She actually told me, I was talking to her this morning, and she said, when I was 12, even before I was saved, I'm going to be like, he's going to know Jesus. I'm going to have a husband who's a father, who's dedicated. And my father, too, he went through a lot. But at 25, he's like, I'm going to change my life. This is not for me. It was shifting that talk. Statistically, my parents should not be where they are. Statistics says that they should be somewhere else. But when God steps in and you shift your mindset, when you use cognitive restructuring and say, no, this is not my destiny. This is not my fate. fate you can actually shift generations in your family by taking the thought now, taking that thought captive and surrendering to Christ. CBT, change your thoughts. Taking that thought captive. Scripture. My parents are going to celebrate 41 years of marriage next month. Yeah. Chain breakers. There's some chain breakers in this room right now. Some of you are fighting to break generational curses. Some of you, the first people in college at North Central, the first generation to get a higher education. And let me tell you, I am the fruit of a chain breaker who said, I'm going to shift my mindset. Now, I'm going to take it even further than my parents did. And you're going to take it further than what your parents did. You have to shift your mindset. It literally changed my life because I had two parents who fought and said, we're not going to keep this chain of toxicity and make it continue for the next generation. And that's why some of y'all are fighting so hard because you're shifting things in your generation, you're shifting things in your family, but you're gonna have a breakthrough. You're gonna have a breakthrough and I truly believe that. Um, so I want us to examine ourselves and this is what I was, alluding to earlier cognitive restructuring, what does your inner vo voice say? Is it a nurturer or is it a critic? How do you talk to yourself? I said talk, you know I really meant that, I said talk. How do you talk to yourself? So I want you to do a little activity, I want you to talk to your neighbor, I always wanna say that. <laughs> I want you to talk to your neighbor and I want you to share an unhealthy thought, we're gonna be real, we wanna be vulnerable, and I want you to replace it with a healthy one and write it down. So I just want you to just take five minutes, talk to someone you feel comfortable with, turn around. I want you to share unhealthy thought, but I want you to replace it with a healthy one.
go for it. I'm going to join y'all. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad. All right, I'm gonna head back up there. <laughs> so, mom, check, check, check. Okay. All right, guys. So, really quickly, if you don't mind, I want to hear your voices. So, can someone yell out, what was an unhealthy thought if you're uncomfortable? Don't yell out somebody else's. <laughs> Be like, yo, she's unhealthy. No. <laughs> yell out your unhealthy thought. And then I want to hear what you, um, how you replaced it. So, can someone tell me an, an unhealthy thought? I'm not good enough. I think everyone can relate to that. What's another one? I'm not worthy. I don't deserve help. Ooh, that was deep. That was deep. Yeah. Anything else? People are scared of me. Yeah. Anyone else? Fear takes over. Yeah. All right. So how are we replacing it? Did we get stuck there? <laughs> how, how are we replacing those thoughts? Yes, God made me for this. He made you for this. What's the other one? Another one. Say that again. Who does God say that you are? I don't care what he said or she said. Who does God say that you are? You feel the power in that? Come on. What's another one? I'm here for a reason. You better say that. 
You better say that. You are here for a reason. God puts you at North Central for a reason. He woke you up this morning for a reason. You are purposed and born for a reason. All right? Amen. <laughs> All right, anything else? A healthy thought. I know someone got one. You are perfect the way you are. Who cares that you're a little weird? You know what? You're dope. <laughs> you are perfect and awkward, beautifully and wonderfully awkwardly made. <laughs> I love it. We need you. Okay? So I want to say this, and this is so important. See, sometimes I be singing. I don't even realize it. Sorry. <laughs> to cultivate community, we need to shut down gossip. It's a real problem. It's a real problem. Like, I want to cultivate safe spaces here, but I need y'all for that. I'm struggling to get people to sign up for groups because they're afraid that somebody here is going to talk about them. Just so you know, if you show up in our group, we don't play that. I don't play division. I'll see you one-on-one, -on -one, but you're not gonna come into a group and divide everybody and talk about everybody. I will actually, I'm from New York, I'll talk to you about it. I'll talk to you directly. All right, so divisiveness, that's got to go. Do you know the stat is the average person gossips for 52 minutes a day, that's almost an hour a day that is dedicated to gossip. And the church, we the worst at that. In the name of Jesus, I'm going to put all her business out there, then pray for her afterwards. No, that's, that's the devil. That's not God. Sorry. It is. It is. Let's shut it down. If someone's stumbling, we're supposed to raise them up. Yes, they're struggling. Speak life over that person. Don't gossip. That's, you know what? You need to go to the altar, not them. You need to go to the altar and say, God, help me with my divisive spirit my judgmental spirit, my insecure spirit, because I'm taking an opportunity to bring down my brother and my sister. That wasn't even my notes. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> so let's change that. And I do, I'm actually call on, calling on all of you because I need your help to change that. I love safe spaces and community. That's why you see me. I'm always cheesing. I'm actually holding back because I really love people. <laughs> so you always see me smiling at y'all because I really do care about everybody. I pray about everybody. I pray for our leadership. And you are love. Behind the scenes, I've talked to everyone here, and they're just wanting to see you guys thrive in all areas of your life. But we do need to shut that down. And it's okay. And this is not like to bash. It's more like let's repent and just, let's just do better. Let's take it one step at a time. If we know someone's struggling, let's try. Someone, sometimes it, it needs to say, someone say, we shouldn't be talking about this person. Be that bold person. Sometimes being quiet, you're, you're, you're creating a space that enables that conversation by not saying anything. Sometimes it does require us to make people uncomfortable and say, this is not okay. And guess what? They're going to stop bringing gossip your way because they know that you're going to shut it down. Um, so, you know, the typical phrase, God can't heal what you won't reveal. I know it's a little corny, but it's true. <laughs> I want you to talk to your professor, oh, 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 almost forgot to say this. Do you know what was actually convicting me? As I was praying, I felt this urge, and I feel like God was revealing some of you had an 
a conviction to talk to somebody. Like you see a professor after class, like, man, I was supposed to talk to them. Josh just passed by, man, I need to share something with him. I saw Jeremy, I need to share something with him. I saw Gina, I need to share something with her. I saw the counselor, I know I should have signed up for that group. You need to open up. Vulnerability is scary, but healing is a lot more powerful. You need to trump that fear and know that there's healing on the other side. You gotta see the end, the akharit, the end. People who could, who could, who really envision what the end is, they were able to fight through things. Yes, it's hard, but then, and I'm gonna be set free and shift my generation and shift things in my family. So get counsel and accountability. Reach out to your leaders. Even get counseling on campus. Individual goals quick. There's a quick turnaround, but it, it fills up really quickly. But there's groups available. And we also reach out to see how we can get you plugged into the community and other supports. Because there's some people, I, we genuinely read every counseling request. Every single one. And sometimes I'll be like, what happened? How come I, this person, you didn't get plugged in? They're like, oh, well, I saw it was full. But I'm like, I definitely emailed you and said, hey, you can come in for an appointment. Let's set things up. Let's put things in place for you. Even may not be the exact route that you want. Don't shut it down too quick. Put yourself out there. Don't get discouraged. And we'll do the best that we can to get you help. Um, so get counseling on campus. Get a community. Join a club. <laughs> get involved. Come out of your dorm room. Come out. It's, all, it's okay, you gonna make it. I understand, I lived on a dorm. I know it's crazy out there, <laughs> but get out, all right? Participate in group therapy. There's actually a QR code, you can scan it. Um, there are resources that are available. I left things out there for you. So the things I'm talking about, I left resources on how to reframe your thinking in step-by-step -step directions. I have wellness wheels, so you can actually take inventory on in how you're doing. Um, it didn't print out the way I would like it, so the directions are on back to front, but <laughs> it's there, you'll figure it out. And um, I just want to, I just want to close, but I want to open this up for a time for you guys to feel, get real and to be free. So I, I was going to do something different. Um, I'm going to do something different. I want to actually ask, ask all the counselors if you can come up. We want to stand with you this year. We're going to open ourselves up and say, if you want prayer, if you want to talk, if you have a question, we are all here with you. Everything you share is obviously confidential. Um, and we just want to make ourselves available to be with you, to pray for you to cover you. So we're going to just open up the altars for that. I'm gonna be here if you have questions. You um, can take this time to reflect, take this time to get prayer, or you can get um, some resources in the front table, in the front. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to, to, to end this discussion, let you guys know that we love you, and we're gonna walk this out together like a family. So I know it's a little awkward when it's silent and there's no music. <laughs> but I do encourage you, if you want prayer, please, we're opening it up right now. Feel free to come to the front.